This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast as we uh, hit a football Friday for week number 14. And head towards the holidays and down the stretch in this season. And I can tell you, the last two wild cards in both conferences is going to be a crazy run. That's just it sets up that way. Uh, you see all the teams that are it, are log in a log jam, both in the NFC and especially in the AFC, where Pittsburgh now has come back to the pack. Pittsburgh was in a commanding position because there they were sitting with a good record and then back-to-back games at home against Arizona and New England, whoever would have thought they would have to make history, okay, make history to fall into the position they're in now and lose back-to-back games at home to teams that had the records that Arizona and New England had. As a matter of fact, they are the first team in NFL history to have the record they had and lose back-to-back games to teams that were as bad as both Arizona and New England were in terms of the standings. So uh, the Steelers have fallen on hard times. Um, Tomlin promised that they would make a you know a comeback. They usually do under him, but uh, with Trubisky, a quarterback, things look very bleak. They're banged up and continue to get banged up last night. The pass took advantage of the injuries they had, especially at linebacker. Got some big plays in the first half, especially to their tight end, and actually threw three touchdown passes, which is amazing for New England, which had trouble scoring at all in the last couple of weeks. And then they didn't score in the second half as Pitt tried to come back but couldn't. They were too inept against the New England defense, and New England beats them last night. A devastating loss for the Steelers. And two weeks ago, you would have thought the Steelers had – basically a tr- an 80% chance of making the playoffs because they were going to win the Arizona and New England games. Now they've lost both those games. So now they've been thrown back into a terrible position where I don't think they'll make the playoffs. I think, it, and the injury, obviously a quarterback hurt them because Trubisky was awful, booed constantly last night. And I, I thought the Steelers made a couple of really bad play calls because I thought a couple of times they should have run the ball on third and short to set up even a fourth and short. That was a better chance than trying to fling the ball down the field with Trubisky was going to hit nobody with the ball. So, and was lucky if he didn't hit the wrong shirt with the ball. So, I mean, a terrible, terrible loss. Buys this week for two teams. You could care less about the Cardinals and Washington. So uh, some very, very big games. And I'll tell you, when have you seen a year as we hit week 14? And we come down the stretch in this season. Where have you seen a year where you have had, A, the amount of injuries you've had at quarterback, and B, the terrible play you have seen at quarterback, even from regulars? 
who have not been that good, which is why the MVP race, which is usually just a quarterback race, has been thrown open to include Hill and include McCaffrey because none of the quarterbacks, I mean, you got guys with some decent stats. Dak's got decent stats. I mean, pretty good stats. I mean, uh, you know, when you're talking MVP, um, Stroud's got stats. Purdy's got stats. Mahomes' stats aren't that good. You know, Josh's stats aren't that good. Uh, So, I mean, uh, it's wide open right now if you care about such things. But the quarterback play has been so lacking in the NFL this year. It's been remarkable. It really has. Some very interesting games highlighted, of course, by the two games, the 4 o'clock of which will be the Bills and the Chiefs, and then the Sunday night game, the Eagles and the Cowboys for the the supremacy in the NFC East. And uh, also – those two battling San Francisco for the number one seed. I'll throw the Lions in. They're still in the mix, but I don't think they'll get the one seed. Um, Eagles, after this week, have a easier schedule, a much easier schedule than uh, the Cowboys do. And the Eagles' last three games are Giants, Cards, Giants. So uh, I would be surprised if they lost one of those games, if they had to win any of them or all of them uh, to get the one seed. Um as we said, the tiebreakers are going to come into play in the uh, AFC and NFC for the sixth and seventh spots. That's all there is to it because it's such a log jam there. Uh, all right, let's begin. The Texans at seven and five lose uh, Tank Dell for the season with a broken leg. Terrible loss because he had become a dynamic receiver. Uh, in that very wide open now Texan offense. Texans come in to play the Jets. Remember. This is for the Jet game and for a lot of games on Sunday. There is a lot of inclement weather predicted, wind, rain predicted for a lot of spots on Sunday. So make sure on Sunday morning, if you are wagering, to do your due diligence because weather is going and not just rain, wind. And wind is a much bigger factor than rain. There's some guys who aren't good with a wet ball. Aikman, as an example, was never a good wet ball quarterback. But um, uh, wind is a incredible equalizer in the NFL. And check that out in places like Chicago, like Cincinnati, uh, where uh, weather is going to be a factor. They're expecting a lot of rain and wind in New York. Uh, the Jets, back to Zach, you know what's going on this week. The circus has even gone to a new level for the Jets who can't get out of their own way offensively. Now they go back to Zach, like that's going to make a difference for their offense. Um, This is still a young quarterback without one of his best weapons. Now, and with a spotty running game, playing against a jet defense that has made a lot of quarterbacks look bad this year. So points could be at a premium here, and this could be a very tight game. I wouldn't be surprised if it is a very tight game. Packers and the Giants on Sunday night. Uh, I mean, on Monday night, there's two Monday night games this week. Tennessee's playing the Dolphins on Monday night. Giants are playing the Packers, hosting the Packers on Monday night. Giants have decided to stick with DeVito. Tyrod Taylor's not very happy about that. They felt he had warranted it. Listen, I think this is also a bone for their fans. DeVito's been popular. He's a New Jersey kid. They've won the two games in a row. All right, if you look closer. The numbers are not that impressive, but that doesn't matter. You know what? He's won a couple of games. Let him play. 
Giants aren't going anywhere anyway. Let him play. And if he has a really bad game, you go back to Taylor next week. Or if he has a nightmare first half, you play, you you let him you go back to Taylor. So don't worry about it. It's not that big a deal. It really isn't. They're playing out the string. Neither guy's their quarterback in the future. Uh so um Packers are red hot. They're six and six. Their schedule after this week, they have the Saints, the Panthers, the Vikings, and the Bears. They can win all those games. They should beat the Giants. They should beat the Saints. They should beat the Panthers. They will beat the Panthers. They sh- they can beat the Vikings. They will beat the Bears. They have a very good chance to make the playoffs now. They cannot give back this game. They have started to play very consistent football. They've been better. Um, they are a young team that is gelling. Uh, their quarterback is playing much better. Uh, so Packers come in playing very well. And that should be a very interesting Monday night game. Uh, again, Giants have won two games in a row, but it was against Washington and New England. Take that into account. And New England could do nothing offensively in that game. Bucks at five and seven take on the Falcons at six and six. It's at six and six, the Falcons lead that division. They are the best team in that division. That's not saying much because the Saints have really gone south. Bucks have been up and down. Mayfield has gotten the ball to Evans all year. That's what the Falcons have to guard against. They have to guard against the big play to Evans, who has had a great season. Really, he has not gotten a lot of attention, but he has had a great season. The Lions and the Bears. Bad weather will affect the Lions here. The Lions have not been playing well in recent weeks. They could have easily lost the game to the Saints last week. Um, they got beat. They could have lost the game to the Bears before Thanksgiving. Then they got beat up by the Packers on Thanksgiving. Bears again here. Bears defense is playing much better. I think they're playing better on both sides of the ball. This will be a very tough game for the Lions, and it'll be a very close game. And again, check the weather. The weather's going to be a factor there. Uh, Colts and Bengals. Taylor's out probably for the rest of the regular season with that thumb surgery. Bengals now, here's the thing. Weather's going to be an issue here again this week. Do we see the Bengals have Browning put forth another performance? Does he have another performance like that in him? Or is he going to return to the mean this weekend, give you a up and down or a bad effort against the Colts? Colts at 7-5, and five, Bengals at 6-6. Six and six. Listen, the Bengals tiebreakers are so bad, they have to win a minimum of 10 to even have a chance to get into the playoffs. So they have to go four and one. They have to win this game. Colts at seven and five, right there. Coach has done a very good job. Minshaw has done a very good job of leading this team. They have weapons. Their offensive lines improved. Their defensive pass rush has gotten better and better. Um, it's a tough game. It really is. Now, if Browning can hook up with Chase, that is a big factor in this game. That was a that was what changed the game. That and the injury to Trevor Lawrence is what changed the game on Monday night and got the Bengals a win. They broke the game open with the big play to Chase. And then, of course, Lawrence went out. As far as the Jags, who are 8-4, and four, they get the Browns this week at 7-5. and five. We don't know who's quarterbacking the Browns, but Flacco played pretty well last week. Amari Cooper's hurt, too. you got to look for that there. Trevor Lawrence, I doubt. I would be shocked if he played this week. He has not practiced. I do not think he'll play. 
I think uh, C.J. Beathard will quarterback. Remember, he's 2-10 and 10 as a starter. This The Jags were rolling high. Kirk got hurt in the first series of the, of the game after catching a 26-yarder. He's not playing. Then Lawrence goes down. This team was had a chance to be the one seed. Now they're going to win their division, but don't be surprised if they lose again here in a game the Browns desperately need. Panthers at 1-11 and the Saints. Panthers played better last week, but they still lost. Saints have been as disappointing as just about any team in the league. It could, it'll probably be Winston because Carr's not ready. Um, Winston can play as well as Carr on a given day. He also can turn the ball over a lot. I wouldn't be shocked if this game's a three-pointer in the Panthers. I wouldn't be shocked if they got their second win here. Rams have been playing so much better. They've gotten much better offensively. They've gotten healthier offensively. They've got a running game now to go with their passing game. Obviously, they have receivers, but the Ravens have only played one game in the last 24 days. They are extremely well-rested, except for the tight end, who is not there. That's a big loss. Very big loss for that offense. He is a key, an enormous key to the offense. Uh, But I just think they have too much firepower, both sides of the ball, for the Rams. Even though the Rams, you know they're well-coached and they're playing much better. This was supposed to be a, you know, mailing in year for the Rams, and now they're 6-6. and So give them credit. But they're well-coached. That's why. Uh, but I expect the Ravens to come up with a big effort here. Vikings at 6-6 six and six off that terrible loss. At the Raiders at 5-7. and seven. Jefferson returns this week. Now, last week, in that loss to the Bears, Dobbs came back to the pack. Now he gets Jefferson back. We'll see how, how big a factor he is. Raiders uh, are banged up. Crosby banged up. They can be dangerous on their best moment. I think this will be a game right to the wire. It could go either way, and it's a very big game for the Vikings. Seahawks at 6-6 six and six are just falling apart physically. It's really even not their fault. They have just been decimated by injuries to key spots, like Walker in the, in the backfield, their offensive line. Uh, they have been really banged up. They're 6-6. Six and six. Even Geno's playing hurt. They're, uh, now they get the Niners, who are red hot. They've been pounding people after pounding the Eagles last week, and this is not when you want to see the Niners at home. This will be a very tough game for Seattle. Seattle played a hell of a game at Dallas. They should have won. They've had some time off, but they didn't get a lot healthier, and now they get the Niners. One of the games of the year right here, and I'll tell you, the Chiefs want to be the one seed, and if they do, they pretty much need to run the table now that they're 8-4. and four. They have the ability to run the table if they win this game against the Bills because they have the uh, really four games that are very winnable the rest of the way. They don't have another really tough game. They have the Pats, they have the Chargers, they have the Raiders. They, they do not. Now, the Bills have a much tougher schedule. They're 6-6. Six and six. They're going to have to go 4-1 and one against the schedule that includes the Chiefs this week, then the Cowboys, the Chargers, the Pats, and Miami. That's a tough schedule. The Bills are going to have to get to 10 wins if they're going to make the playoffs. They're not going to win the division. They're going to have to get to 10 wins. 
they need this game more than the Chiefs do. Chiefs are under a field goal favorite. They're two-and-a-half-point favorite, which is light for the Chiefs. And the Chiefs have had the same problems time and time again. They do not have wide receivers they can count on with the exception of Rice, and they have to. They have to, as they did last week when he caught the ball eight times, they have to make Rice the feature wide receiver and the number two target behind Kelsey. And Kelsey hasn't been great the last couple of weeks. Now, everyone's going to make it a Taylor Swift issue, which is stupid. But the bottom line is he's just not looked like the same player. And he didn't, until the Hail Mary, he didn't get targeted at all in the second half of that game. And on that last drive, it made no sense. And the Hail Mary was just a Hail Mary. I mean, he got thrown down on the play. Um, the Chiefs have got to rely on Rice, get the ball to him, make him the feature wide receiver, and they have to be better in the passing game. Who would have thought this would be the issue? Their defense is the best it's been since Mahomes has been there. They have a defense that can win a championship. They don't give up big plays. It'll be interesting to see what happens against the Bills. The Bills need this game more. This game's going to go right to the wire, as you would expect. This could be last one with the ball. I mean, the Bills and Chiefs are probably still the most two talented teams in the AFC with maybe the Ravens ready to emerge to that level. Uh, I think Kansas City's going to have a big postseason. I don't know what's going to happen with the Bills. They've been so up and down. I mean, they should have beaten the Eagles. They got their hearts broken. They've gotten their hearts broken a lot this year, but they've also made enough mistakes that puts them in that position. And they've lost a lot of people on defense. Very, very big game for the Bills. Denver at 6-6 six and six gets the charges at 5-7. and seven. The uh, Sunday nighter is everything you could hope for. December, this is the kind of game you want to see on Sunday night in December. The Eagles coming off a bad loss at the hands of the Niners. The Niners punished them. The Niners basically said, hey, you've been waiting for the Eagles to collapse. We're going to collapse them for you here. And they did. The Eagles have issues. There's no question they have issues. Now let's see if the Cowboys can exploit those issues. The Cowboys have been playing at a high level when they're playing teams that they can bully. Let's see them play at a high level in this game. Let's see them play both sides of the ball, consistent football. What the Cowboys have to prove to everybody is they can win the big game, that they can beat the Niners in the big spot, that they can beat the Eagles in the big spot. Here's the big spot here. Now, their schedule is much tougher. Philly has, after this week, Seattle Giants, Cards Giants. You know what? They're probably going to run the table. Dallas has Bills, Miami, Lions, Washington. One easy win, three really tough games. So if they are tied this week and they get a Cowboy win and they're tied, the Eagles still have the upper hand because they play a much easier schedule than the Cowboys do the rest of the way. 
and they still would technically be in front on a tiebreaker. But the bottom line is they would have lost two games in a row. This is a big game for the Eagles' psyche. It's a huge game for the Cowboys. The Cowboys need to stand up and show everybody they can win this kind of game. If they lose this game, you're going to hear same old Cowboys. Same old Cowboys, meaning they beat up on the bad teams. They run rough shot over to, you know, Washington and the Giants and the bad teams they play, and they don't beat the big teams in the big spots, and they can't win a big playoff game. That's what everyone thinks of Dallas. Everyone knew this year Dallas was going to win 11 or 12 games. They're going to win 11 or 12 games. The question is, can they win in the playoffs? Is Dak going to show up in the playoffs? Is the defense going to show up in the playoffs against a big team? A big step in the right direction would be this week in this game against the Eagles. We told you about the two Monday night games. Titans at the Dolphins. Titan pass defense has no chance against Miami. No chance. Tennessee always scares me because Vrabel's a really good coach and they got some players who have a winning pedigree. But they are not set up to play this kind of team in Miami, Miami with Ashant now back in the lineup. So with the explosiveness they have with all their weapons, I think uh, this is a very tough matchup for Tennessee. They deserve to be a 13 point on dog. They are. And uh, I think Miami's going to score a bunch of points. The other game, of course, the Packers and the Giants, which is the one you're going to be worried about. Uh, most of you are going to be worried about because you Packer fans out there, the Packers are playing for the playoffs. Everyone expects the Dolphins to win that game. And obviously, Giant fans want to see if the Giants can continue their winning ways that they have uh, put together the last couple of weeks, even though it was against Washington and against New England. Now, when you look at the divisions, Miami, Kansas City, Baltimore, and Jacksonville are still in good positions. Nobody's really threatened in those divisions. Uh, past that, you have three teams at seven and five. The Steelers now at seven and six. And you have a whole bunch of teams who are knocking on the doorstep, like Buffalo at six and six, uh, like Cincinnati at six and six. The magic number to me is get to 10. Get to 10, and then you can take a big shot. Maybe you get in. Maybe you get in on a tiebreaker. Maybe you lose on a tiebreaker, but get to 10. 10 is the magic number, which means if you're 6-6 six and six right now, you got to win four of your last five. I don't see you getting in the playoffs in the AFC with under 10. I think it will be nine in the NFC. I think it will be 10 in the AFC. And I think on the division side, you got Philly and Dallas, and they're both going to playoffs anyway. You got San Francisco and Detroit who are coasting the division titles. And you have Atlanta who will probably win this division at nine and eight or eight and nine. That's probably going to be the result, which means they get to host a home, uh, a playoff game as a division champion. So good chance. At best, they're nine and eight. At worst, they're eight and nine. That's probably what you're looking at. Then you got a bunch of teams, and I would say this to the teams in the NFC: get other than Dallas or Philly, one of them is going to be obviously a very heavy first wild card, 
and obviously we'll have locked that up in a week. Um, I think nine's your number in the NFC. I think 10's your number in the AFC. And the AFC, you have so many teams there. Now, in the NFC, you know you have five teams going to the playoffs. Philly, San Francisco, Detroit, Dallas, Atlanta, most likely. And then you got two spots. Okay. The team to watch is clearly Green Bay right now. Green Bay, with a win over the Giants on Monday night, which we would expect it would be a terrible loss. Their schedule is very conducive. And I'm telling you, this Viking game that they play in week 17, this Viking game, Packers at Vikings, is going to be a playoff game. That game is going to have enormous playoff implications. Enormous. Week 17. Packers close with, at home against the Bears. Bears, at that point, I don't think will be putting up. You know, listen, they can. Oh, it's always a rivalry game. But that game the week before against the Vikings in Minnesota is going to be an enormous game as far as the separating who goes where in the NFC and who makes it and who doesn't make it. That's going to be really, really big. Um, a lot of people are talking about the problems in the Kansas City passing game right now. I believe they're still fixable. I'm not worried about Kelsey. I'm really not. People are nitpicking his, his productivity, okay? Next time you turn around, he'll have a big week. I mean, it might be tomorrow. It might be Sunday, rather. I mean, so I wouldn't worry about that. As far as all this conversation about the record-breaking season for Tyreek Hill and his ability to win the MVP, he could. He could. He, it could be that type of season. He always expects a quarterback to win it, but he could put up prolific numbers. The key number for him is to get to 2,000 yards, 2,000 receiving yards. The key number for McCaffrey, if you consider it, if you're worried about the, or thinking about the MVP for either one of them, is touchdowns scored. It's not about yardage for McCaffrey. It's about touchdowns scored. For Hill, it's about getting 2,000 yards as a receiver. So they're both in the mix. Obviously, there's a bunch of quarterbacks in the mix if you care about such things. I know you care more about the playoff run, and what you're going to have is some wild chases into the last couple of weeks of this season for the last two spots in the NFC and all three spots in the AFC. All three wild cards. In the NFC, one of the wild cards you know is going to Philly or Dallas. Emails when we return. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, send your emails to Mike Francesa Podcast at gmail.com. So Mike Francesa Podcast at gmail.com. We'll get to as many as we can. What I like to do is just read them uh, as they come up so that I want to react to them spontaneously. I don't want to look at them beforehand. I don't look at them beforehand. Okay. 
Bob in Jersey, MetLife Stadium has once again been voted the worst stadium in the league. It's the least popular stadium for players that it was voted that, yes. Can you explain to a non-New Yorker how and why New York has failed to build an acceptable NFL stadium? I really cannot. I really feel that I think it has to do with how expensive everything is in New York and the metropolitan area, the tri-state area. I think that's what holds the stadium issue back because the cost of everything here is so exorbitant for land, for labor, for materials that I think the costs get prohibitive that they start cutting costs and they don't put all the bells and whistles that you get in the stadium in Atlanta. And that stadium in Atlanta is a brilliant stadium. I have not been in the stadium in LA, I have not been in it. It looks gorgeous. It looks state-of-the-art. I have been in Atlanta, and that is an incredible stadium. And it is shameful. Really, let's be honest. It's the same thing with airports. Our airports, when you look around the world and look around the country, our airports are just a joke. I understand they're revitalizing uh LaGuardia over the past few years and as we speak, but let's be honest, we're the same way as we are with stadiums as we are with airports. I think it's the same issue. I think it's costs. I think it's labor costs. I think it's just how expensive and how hard it is to get everything done in New York. I think that's the issue. I don't have another issue why we are so lagging in these areas, but there's also a safety issue on that field that has to be dealt with. Randy, just curious your thoughts on what the Patriots are going to look like next year. Um, do you think that Kraft will keep Bill and let him draft another quarterback? I don't know anything. I don't think anybody knows anything other than the Krafts and Belichick. Um, I never thought Kraft would fire Belichick. I always thought he would trade him. He's under contract, is my understanding, for one more year. Um, I'd say it's 80-20 he's with another team next year. I don't think there's any chance he's not coaching. I think there's 20% chance he's coaching the Pats, and I think there's an 80% chance he's coaching another team. And I can tell you this. The people in the league that I talk to who spend their time in the league, whether they're broadcasters, whether they're guys who do games every week uh, as directors and producers or people that I know within teams or in the league. Everyone makes Washington the favorite. I think it's a bad decision for him. I think if Buffalo opened, it would be a great spot. If charges are going to open, that would be a great spot. The quarterback's there. The town's there. Same thing with the Bills. I think those are spots to really look for. I don't know if Kraft would trade him in the division to the Bills. He probably wouldn't. Uh, that would be, he'd only be able to go there on his own volition, and he's, not gonna, he's probably going to be traded, so I doubt it would be to Buffalo. The Chargers make sense. I'm sure he'd like to send him to the NFC, but even the Chargers, I think, would be okay. Um, so my feeling is he will be in the league next year with another team would be the box I would check. But I don't think there's any chance he's out of the league next year. And I don't think there's any chance he gets fired. Um, 
Why would this is Doug? Why would Rogers find Salah as an appealing head coach? I would say the only, first of all, Salah. I don't know Salah personally. He might be a very good people person. Might be a very nice man. I don't know that. Okay, so he might be a very nice guy. Looks like he tries very hard to make friends in the media. We have seen that obviously to his detriment, um, and he's done that with broadcasters radio people, writers, everybody. So he's tried to ingratiate himself to a lot of media people. Um, he took a really bad step the first year when he came here. He hadn't coached the game yet. And he took a police escort to the garden, which made him look like a fool. Um, hey, that was a rookie mistake. He's been a terrible head coach. But so A, Rogers might like him as a person. B, Rogers is in charge. So he tells Salah, you worry about the defense, I'll take care of the offense. That's basically what he wants to do. Uh, James, does the committee leave Florida State out of the playoffs if Deion Sanders is the coach? <laughs> um, that's a good one. Um, it would be very difficult. It would be very difficult because he would be on the soapbox from now till the end of the time. But again, as I've mentioned before, here is what happened. They got boxed in like never before. They had two teams that were going to win. They had two teams, okay, that won their way in easily. They had Michigan. They had Washington. So they're done. Now, they, they were always taking the SEC champion. It would invalidate their championship. If they didn't have an SEC team in there, that's how dominant the SEC has been over the last two decades, especially the last decade of college football. So there's no way they are not taking an SEC team. Now, if Georgia had beaten Alabama and was undefeated, I guarantee you they would have taken Florida State as the fourth team undefeated into the mix. What happened was Alabama beats Georgia which means Georgia's out and Alabama has to go. If Alabama has to go, then Texas has to go because the committee and all of college football, the ADs have talked about go play big teams on the road and you will be rewarded. Texas beat Alabama double digits in Tuscaloosa. That meant if Alabama's going, Texas has to go. So they were left with Georgia out. Alabama has to go. And because Alabama's there, Texas has to go. So that leaves Florida State out. How do we tell people Florida State's out? They're a, they've done everything historically that they had to do, but now they've lost their quarterback. Hey, they still deserve the right to compete. They had earned that. And what you do in terms of performance has to count for a lot. It has to be the first criteria because otherwise, what are we doing? If we don't count performance for the season. So they went undefeated and they played great defensively when they had to. And they deserve the right to come up with a, a new wrinkle for that game. Come up with, and, and let's be honest, there's two things that really hurt them here in terms of them trying to sell this in terms of, well, we didn't want them to go in and not be competitive. Look at the scores. We have non-competitive games in the format every single year. Last year, the final was 65-7. 
other years, 38, 38, 35, 33, go down the list of games that are between 20 and 35, 40 points margins. So we're used to big margins in these games. Happens every year. Number two, if they were taking the four best teams that some of them will tell you is the mandate, then there's not a chance in the world that Georgia's not in there because Georgia, without any question, if you took 20 college football experts and said, pick the four best teams in the country, Georgia would absolutely not only be one of the four, they'd probably be ranked one. So they didn't have a real argument. They had to use the quarterback as their argument to leave out an undefeated team. They didn't want to do it. They had to do it because Texas had won at Alabama and Alabama had to go. That's what happened to Florida State. So if Dion were there, it would have made it harder, but I think it would have been the same outcome and they just would have held their ears as Dion would have gotten on the soapbox from now to the end of, uh, end of time, uh, as you know. Um, but it's a, it's a fun question. Andy, Mike Evans, Bucks receiver, has had an NFL record 10 straight 1,000-yard seasons to start his career. Uh, I know the Hall of Famer is saturated with receivers, but if he continues, do you think he would be a Hall of Famer? I don't have to think about it. He is a lock Hall of Famer. Lock. Not even an issue. And he has had an incredible year. It's funny you bring him up here. I didn't know I was going to get a question on him today because I don't look at the questions beforehand, but I had already mentioned how good he's been. He has been sensational this year. Phil, do you think the Giants are giving DeVito a real look at being the quarterback down the line? No. I think what they're doing is uh, running with the story. And because they've won two games in a row, Hay will ride it. And if we have to insert Taylor, we will. If we have to insert Taylor in the game, we will. If we have to insert him in the next week, we will. It's not that big a deal. Let him ride the two-game winning streak. He hasn't turned the ball over. That's been the best thing he's done. He hasn't put up a lot of points. The Washington game, he put up. Uh, numbers, but Washington's secondary right now is the worst we've ever seen. Just look at what's gone on the last three or four weeks. Um, so it's a nice story. Their fans have gotten behind it. It has put a smile on some fans' face in this awful season. So ride it. Ride the wave. Give him a chance. And if he's terrible, you go to Taylor in the second half against Green Bay. That's all. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.